morning, everyone, and welcome to another Stuart. Sorry, another week of the Sunday Sports Wrap. I'm Lisa Johns, and with me this morning, Stuart Maurice. Hello, Good morning. Hi. Good. How are you? Oh, I just love getting up on Sunday mornings. It's oh, it's getting it? getting darker, isn't it? Darker and colder. Colder, and your car's got. All that dew and crap on Not it. Not when you have a garage. Oh, well, well, okay, fine. Smay bum wombat face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we don't have Hamish this morning. He's gone. He's uh, left us. Drinking. He's gone to the Hunter Valley. Here I was thinking, innocent little me, that he was having a nice weekend away with his family, the wife and three kids. No. he's He's packed the guitar. He's packed a slab. And he's taken off to the Hunter Valley with his mates for a, well, a boys' weekend. But never fear, we have someone warming his chair. The lovely Cam Phelps is here this morning again. Morning, Cam. Good morning. Thanks for having me back, guys. Pleasure. Thanks for coming in so early. No, not it's, a problem. It's, it's, actually, it's hard... Hamish, if you're listening, he came in like 15 minutes before we started, not one. <laughs> well, I've gone the other way to Hamish. My family have gone away to England, so I'm, oh, I'm batching at the moment. Oh, so. very nice. Yeah, so, uh, cheese toasties for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> awesome. Well, we've got a, I've got a jam-packed show again this morning. We're going to go through our NRL big weekend. Some not-so-happy results there for you, Stu. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Negativity. Here he comes already. Uh, we're going to talk some AFL. Um, we're going to well, it's almost one sleep till Origin team is announced. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We've we've given you our our teams, but we've actually got an expert who actually knows what he's talking about. So um, Cam's going to forecast his team for us. And then what else have we got on the agenda? Uh, it's actually half time in the, the NRL, halfway through the round. So we have a little bit of chat about the the season so far. Uh, as well as, you know, I like, this is my favourite segment, special news. You know when you're a little kid and you go to school and you get special news? It's always happy. Anyway, we're yeah. going to we're gonna give you a little bit of special news she, later on in the she show. Makes, she makes us work and we have to research things. It would be nice that someone else actually does do <laughs> some research on this show, not, you know, just swing li- it. little on the wing it. <laughs> wing it. Don't tell them that they've been winging it for about seven years. Twenty. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, people. That's what they say. <laughs> this weekend marks the halfway point in the NRL competition, and so far there have already been a number of surprises thrown up by the competition. You only have to listen back to our season forecast to see just how unexpected some of the outcomes have been. So we're all going to give you our top three surprises of the NRL for the halfway point this season i'll kick us off in third position my surprises have been Parramatta. at the start of the season i tipped them to be playing in the last weekend of september (laughs) 12 games later they are stone motherless last on the competition ladder having only won two games and their season is in pieces what went wrong was the loss of semi rad raja that big was the arrival of a Mr. Jay Hayne the undoing, or is there something else going on behind the scenes we're yet to cut, discover? But their form between last season and this season are drastically different, and I cannot figure out what has gone wrong, and I don't think they can either. In second position, the Cowboys. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Last year's runners-up, 
despite a very lengthy injury list. And this year, in what is JT's final season in the NRL, they're second last on the ladder, horribly out of form, and have very little to get excited about. It's a sad way for the champion to go out, but JT's final year probably won't be remembered as his best. And in number one position, I've gone with the Roosters. I expected more. I always do, and yet I am still surprised at how much they have failed to deliver. On paper, with the inclusion of James Tedesco and Cooper Cronk, I expected dominance. I expected complete competition favourites. I expected scary supremacy. So did Uncle Nick. <laughs> None of it has materialised. They lack co- Look, they're, yes, they're in the top eight, but they lack cohesion, they lack structure, and sometimes I wonder if, if they know what each other's doing. It's um, called karma. Look, we're only halfway through the season, so perhaps these things take time and we may yet see that scary supremacy. But I expected more from the Roosters. Yeah, they struggled yesterday against the Titans too, early on, and then sort of clicked, I guess. Yeah. So it's been a bit like that all year from stop-start spluttering. That's exactly right. For my number three was the Warriors. Uh, perennial underachievers. Mm. Um, but I think the inclusion of Blake Green has, uh, has been great for him. He's sort of uh, steadied the ship and uh, been the perfect foil for Sean Johnson. Um, I suppose yesterday they sort of went back to that. That was without two halves, though. They lost Sean Johnson there. Mason Lino pulled out as well. So I guess you can give him a, a pass on yesterday. But, yeah, they've, they've been pretty good most of the year. They've been. They've been a good surprise. Consistently. Yeah, yeah. Consistently great good. surprise. So, yeah, it's, it's good to see from the Warriors. Except when they get at home. Yeah. Who, who knew a breathing technique would be so effective? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, number two, the Tigers. Uh, with all their signings, um, you look at the history of teams with mass signings and that they struggle to gel. They really do. But um, the Tigers have, have just clicked this year. And mm. they've, they've been, the first two rounds, they beat the, the Roosters and the Storm. And everyone thought, oh, what, what's going on here? And, and they've continued it. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's been great to see for the yeah. Tigers. Everyone's waited for that bubble to burst, but yeah. they're still hung on. They're still hanging on. <laughs> and number one for me is three coaches at the start of the year were, were probably close to the chopping wall were, were Griffin, uh, McGregor and and Seabold. Even <laughs> though it was Seabold's first year, he, he had a lot of pressure on him. But, um, yeah, and those three teams have, have killed it all year. They've, they've been real consistent. They're, all three teams were at the... You know, top end of the ladder. So that's a bit of a cheaty one, but I'll, uh, oh no, I like it. Yeah. Griffin in particular was under a lot of pressure with Phil oh. Gould sniffing around, oh, especially after the loss in the trial match to the Bulldogs at the start of the year. <laughs> yes. uh, Phil Gould apparently ripped, ripped shreds into him, and yeah, to go from uh, from that a loss to a second string Bulldogs team in a trial to you know the, the dominance they showed last night against uh, competition favourite St George, and with a, a team ravaged by injury. Oh yeah, the, the amount of injuries they've had. I mean. Nathan Cleary's only just returned, and what a player he is. Mm. <laughs> we'll talk about him a bit later. But I do like that number one position. Stu, what um, are your three surprises? Now, don't blame referees for everything. Uh, well, I'm surprised at how well the Dragons have done. Yeah. Um, as a Dragon supporter, I'm always uh, fearful that they're going to get slaughtered. Um, <laughs> but uh, they've done really well this year. A couple of... Well, they've had three bad games and they've lost those three games. There's still uh, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like last night was probably the worst they've performed uh, all season. But uh, uh, 
I thought it'd take Hunt a bit longer to get organised, but he's been playing very well for them and got them. And their forwards have been absolutely magnificent. And Dufty's been, you know, like Dufty was put. You know, people are talking about him for uh, Origin selection, but he's not, certainly not going to get it. But after that performance last week, uh, he's he's been great for them. Yeah, I think particularly the way Hunt has fit in, uh, where you look at some of the other teams with the big name signings in those uh, important positions in the halves, it was a lot of half-back movement throughout the off-season, and I think he kind of settled the quickest out of all the ones that have gone, and so I think yeah. that's been a really good thing yeah. for the Dragons. Well, they've needed a half-back for years. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the Panthers, like they showed last night, they're, they're the real deal. Um, they're absolutely killing it this year. They haven't lost a game at home, which is what you want to do. Uh, they've had a stack of injuries, um, mm-hmm. but uh, worked their way through, and uh, Maloney's been absolute godsend for them and I still don't understand why clubs get rid of Maloney he, everywhere he goes he wins a grand final he must be irritating or something oh, must be he, he must just be the biggest pest off the field <laughs> that they go nah we'll sacrifice the wins yeah, he was doing a lot of whinging last night and he always whinges yes he wouldn't have lasted long with me when I was refereeing uh, but of course yeah, my number one thing I'm, I was really surprised at the uh, that Todd Greenberg changed the rules in the middle of the Middle of the season, uh, we get this ridiculous situation where uh, dummy halves were deliberately throwing the ball into stranded players to get penalties, and it's just absolutely ruining the look of the game. Uh, Todd's come out this week and advised referees have been instructed to penalise players for doing this. How how it's taken this long to do it and for there to be a need to do it shows the incompetence of the NRL referees and the NRL in general. Players tried this on uh, tried this back in the 70s and 80s from time to time. The referee just called play on. That's all that was required. Um, they've opened up another can of worms here, whereby the defensive players may well attempt to get in the way of passes, but look like they aren't, to get a penalty. It could well happen as the current crop of referees are incapable of using common sense in rulings <laughs> and look for black and white uh, ruinings in, uh, rulings in every scenario. And we really need to get start from scratch and get a whole new batch because these blokes are just incompetent. There it is. There's the ref bash for the week. <laughs> oh, sorry, but there's like when I was refereeing, we knew what was happening out there, and you could you could just you could well, make a ruling. It's like as it, a you can't have a black and white ruling for every scenario. You've got to look look at the game, the situation of the game, and say, okay, he's pulling my leg here, penalise him, we'll just play on. It's you know. Well, look, hopefully it has the desired effect and it just stops the dummy half from doing well, it. Well, it did last night. You can see a couple of times they thought about it. Well, there you go. And didn't. So, yeah. Well, that is halfway through the NRL. Can't believe it has gone absolutely super fast. Who would have thought the Panthers would be sitting at number one, the Dragons in second, the Rabbits third, and the Warriors in fourth? We have the Storm sitting fifth on the ladder, followed by the Roosters, the Sharks, and the Broncos just rounding out the top eight. But I think the bigger surprise is who's sitting at the bottom, and that is the Cowboys and the Eels. It's been a fantastic season so far, and hopefully we've got another 12 exciting rounds to go. <coughs> Who can believe we are halfway through the NRL rounds this season and kicking us off on Thursday night? The Broncos took on the Eels, Brisbane 18 defeating the Eels 10. What a dour affair. Uh, actually, I just actually a little giggle to myself. I looked at Facebook there, and my nephew has posted something on uh, NRL. It says, "How many eels players does it take to change a light bulb? None, because they can't climb a ladder." Oh, 
But it wasn't a great game for either team. I, I watched it under sufferance. But the big story coming out of the game is, of course, the injury to Origin hopeful James Roberts. Will he be okay? His Achilles. Well, Wayne's come out and said that uh, it wasn't too bad. He's been managing all year, so... Yeah, it's a pretty contentious spot, the centre spot. So, uh, yeah, he's been, he's been on fire, the Jimmy the Jet. He, he's got pace to burn, doesn't he? So. Absolutely. And That's Wayne Bennett's 800th game as coach as well. That was, the, that was a big one, and the game was a bit like Wayne Bennett's personality, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, but the Eels just can't, uh, can't buy a win, can they? Uh, uh, Michael Jennings kept getting over the line and, and dropping the, the ball. thing. Yeah. Yeah, he dropped it twice. He dropped it, so... Yeah. Dropped it quite. What now for the Eels? How do, how do they make something out of this season? Oh, they can't make the finals, but can you turn something positive into it? Yeah, they couldn't make a paper hat out of a quarto piece of paper at the moment. They're hopeless. Yeah, they, they need to yeah, rebuild for next year, and a few changes need to be rung at the, the Eels, I'm afraid. I mean, so, so what is the difference? I mentioned it earlier. I mean, they lost Semi Radra. Was he that big of a loss? Because not much else has changed. I mean, they got Jared Hayne. Yeah, well, I guess it was a lot of their, their go forward and their, their forward packs, I guess, not one of the scariest in, in the mm. league. I mean, oh. Tim Manor's not really striking fear in many people. No, never has. No. I've never understood his. You know, like, he just takes the ball well, up, gets tackled. Yeah, so unfortunately, um, yeah, they, they, they've, I guess the halves can't really play off the back of that. They've got some talented halves in Corey Norman and Mitchell Moses and. And Clint Gutherson, but um, yeah, I, like, I like Gutherson. He's a really good yeah. player. But, um, well, they switched those positions with, um, with Norman and, and Gutherson. Yeah, switched. Yeah, it didn't yeah. really make didn't a difference. Really make a difference. No. Yeah, no. There's rumours that Norman's on the way out as well. There's there's rumours he's being shopped around to other clubs. Um, so there you go. Yeah. But when you look at the whole thing, like, the Broncos should have won that game by the length of the straight. Oh, they should have. Uh, like, they had all the ball. They they. But they couldn't score. They won 18-10. Parramatta just gave the ball up time after time after time and invited them in. And they were you know, lucky to get away with it at the end, the, the Broncos. They're certainly not they've, a patch on They've been like that all season. And that's why I can't see them. I know they're sitting eighth on the ladder, but I just can't see it's them. It's under Sitting there. I can't see them in the top eight at the end of the season. Uh, Milford's just... He's, from last year's season, you just sort of kick on and, and, and become that dominant sort of, you know, being the, being the only half there as well with Ben Hunt going. You think you'd mm. take control and have it as his team, but he just hasn't seemed to be able to do that. Um, he's, he's a great player, but he's just he's just not clicking this year, I don't think. No. Mm. And the big side story of the week was, of course, Wayne Bennett potentially being moved on to accommodate for Craig Bellamy, who's off contract with the Storm at the end of the season. How do we see this one playing out? Are they going to give Wayne the boot one year early? No, well, you, you wouldn't think so. Um, He's like the, the godfather up there. Yeah, with the amount of money that, that Wayne's on and the amount of money they're going to pay Craig. Um, you know, the, the things Wayne's done for the game, especially in Brisbane, uh, what's he brought him, six premierships or, or something, mm. something ridiculous like that. So so you don't think they'll pay Wayne out, move Craig no, in? No, well, there's rumours that they're going to pay Craig to sit on the sidelines for a year. All right, cause have, have Craig, a year off. Yeah, have a year off and... Just you know, cool his heels, but um, that'd be nice. Yeah, Craig's, Craig's come out and said that he, he wasn't going to sign a one-year deal with Melbourne, so it's, it's just mm. definitely not going to be. It's either going to be make or break for. for and maybe he could come up and be Wayne's assistant coach for a year. Well, Wayne said, said no. <laughs> can Wayne, you? Wayne said definitely can not. Can you imagine? Wayne. There are plenty of con- um, coaches coming off contract um, reasonably soon. Craig Bellamy for for Melbourne this year, and Nathan Brown for Newcastle. Uh, next year we've got Brad Arthur. 
Trent Robinson, Anthony Seabold, Paul McGregor, Shane Flanagan, um, Dean Pay, and well, Wayne Bennett, of course, and Steve Kearney from the Warriors. This is a truckload of um, oh, don't potential forget, clubs there. Yeah, don't forget all the uh, coaches in, on the sidelines as well. You've got guys like Michael Maguire just is waiting to, to fill That's in right. a role as well too. So, yeah, you've got plenty of, uh, plenty of quality out there. Well, we did suffer through it, Brisbane, as I said, victors 18 over the Eels, 10. Yeah, and they're not going to make the 8 unless they play just about all their games at Suncourt up under Sutton. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I did check to see who the referee was on that one. It wasn't, it wasn't actually Bernie. Sutton this It wasn't Bernie. <laughs> well, moving on to the Raiders and the Sea Eagles. The Raiders did enough right to bring them a win, but boy, oh boy, do they do so much wrong in the process. Oh, both teams didn't look like they wanted to win it towards the end. Manly came out and, and then blitzed them early, and then the Raiders fought back, and then both teams just didn't want to win the game. Um, a wobbly old Aiden Caesar field goal ended up, <laughs> being, <laughs> ended up being the difference, but yeah, both teams sort of uh, played like they didn't want to win. To, to me, it looks like complacency from the Raiders. I've, I feel like they just expect things to happen. They don't want to roll their sleeves up and do the the basic things. Like They just feel like that should just happen, but it doesn't. You've got to work at it. And I just It looks like complacency to me. Yeah. I don't know if I'm right. Yeah. Uh, they've got a couple of great wingers in Rappiner and uh, Kotrick. Kotrick uh, put his hand up for origin selection again. He's playing really well. He's knocking on that door, isn't um, he? They, they just, uh, the Canberra just, I've got to give it, they just never give up. Uh, were, well, that's something they've actually been criticised for in past weeks. Um, the inability to finish off a tight game or things like that. But they actually, they did all right. Well, I think they should have, you know, with, with Coruscant being out and, and losing, uh, they lost another player midweek. Uh, um, just... Dylan Walker, sorry, due mm. to the injury. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought Canberra should have uh, romped at home, being down at Canberra at six o'clock on a on a what Saturday was it Friday night, freezing yep. cold. Manly, no one's there. Yeah, no one there. So I thought uh, Manly did well to to get in front, but yeah, yeah, well, they've been on a bit of a roll lately. Man. Yeah, they've played quite well. Well, they they've had their backs against the wall, obviously, with with a lot of uh, internal stuff. So mm. you know they're, they're doing okay, man. There. And actually, there's something right at the end of the game. And I think I'm the only one that actually noticed it. Where, um, Old got, eagle eyes here. Huh? Raiders got the penalty, and um, Austin took the tap, and I thought he'd just kick it out. And dropped it, and he deliberately and he knocked, knocked it, it on, on, which is a penalty. <laughs> you can't deliberately knock the ball on. It's a deliberate throw forward. Should have been a penalty to Manly. But, um, well, it wasn't. There's the old ref speaking. <laughs> yeah, the old wily ref comes to the fore again. How much, Cam, as a player? So the, the Seagulls had a lot of stuff going on in the background. Off the field, salary cap dramas and, you know, the infighting amongst the players. But, you know, the stuff at the board level, how much does a, that affect a player? Like, do you listen to it or do you just get on and do it? No, nah, well, the board level stuff shouldn't. I guess infighting amongst teammates and stuff like that, that's definitely going to have a, a bit of an effect, especially when it's your marquee man, Cherry Evans, mm. who's on, you know, 10 million over... 10 years or whatever he's on um yeah so that that's gonna have a big big uh, effect on on the team's morale and, and how people gel and you know you got guys coming out in the media saying they're backing been backing hastings where you know what what's that sort of doing for your club yeah well, it's yeah. just splitting them down the middle isn't it yeah you're yeah. on this camp and i'm in that camp yeah, he seems to be a divisive 
personal. They didn't want him in the Queensland team, no. and there seems to be dramas with him there. Is you know, I don't know whether it was Hastings, like it was more Cherry Evans. Well, who who can tell? You'll only you'll never get the the real story, particularly the way media spin things these days. But unless you're a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll move right along <laughs> I don't know what to say <laughs> but the Raiders did come away with a one point victory 21 over the Sea Eagles 20 and Friday night's other game it was a throwback to the days when the Cowboys and the Storm were competition leaders and the results were more like ones that we're used to the Storm prevailing 7-6 in a very low-scoring affair, but it was a good game. I didn't enjoy it at all, actually. Oh, okay. I'm just... I think Thurston really has played a year too long. He's he's looking awful. Uh, He's spending more time on the ground than he ever has in his life. Uh, Cameron Smith wasn't all that hot either. He did score a try, but uh, nobody impressed me in the game. It was a very dour... Right, okay. Boring game, I thought. It was only, only the closeness that kept the interest in, I think. Well, that's, that's why it was interesting. Well, the last play of the game pretty much summed up Thurston's season. He, he's, he's trying to, you know, the last, last play of the game, they're throwing the ball around on their end try line and, and Thurston sort of gets the ball, falls over sort of, and then almost throws it to Fleece Kafusi, who, who scores for Melbourne, but he got called back for a knock-on. So, <laughs> you know, Thurston's season's been a bit like that, a bit stumbly and, you know, trying really hard, but it's just just not coming off for the, for the, for the champion of the game. Yeah. Are the Cowboys cooked? I get the feeling that this, I mean, yeah. their season's over. They're like the Eels. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. Yeah. But, I, but I also get the feeling that, come towards the end of the season they're not going to make the eight but they're going to potentially um irritate some other teams along the way they're going to do some damage to some of the other teams along the way the amount of quality they got in their team yeah at some know, point they, they gotta they gotta find some something um you know tamalolo's still damaging thurston he's he's you never knock a champion as you say you know he, he will produce towards the end um, it might not be consistently, but it'll produce, you know, some quality moments. Uh, yeah, and we're coming up to a period of origin where yep. a number, you know, teams going to lose a number of their players. JT is not going to be one of those players this year. It's yep. opportunity for him to find a little bit of form around that time of the year. Yeah, especially losing, you'll lose Morgan. Obviously, to, uh, he's half. Well, he's playing fullback at the moment, but. <laughs> Where yeah. is he playing? Does yeah. anyone know? Well, Tamari Martin's been playing six and Thurston's been seven, but, you know, Morgan's sort of still their go-to guy, I guess, after after he's, you know, finished the season last year. So, yeah, so I thought he actually, you know, like he, he stuffed up big time there. Um, Who? Morgan? Morgan. Or the, Morgan yeah. well, nine yeah. minutes to go, they get a penalty. Halfway, Morgan fails to find touch. Mm. You know, they could have got down, set up for a field goal, but then Melbourne got the ball, went down and set up for a field goal, and then... He's yeah. horribly out of form. Yeah. I, I think he's. I think he's come back from injury, but I don't think he's come back hundred yeah, percent. And I'm happy for Queensland to pick him because yeah, I'd rather he's been him playing than terrible. Caitlin Ponga, that's for sure. That's right. They had a chance in the end. The Cowboys. They have Thurston shanked a field goal attempt, which mm. you, you wouldn't think he would. Um, and they actually scored a try, but the uh, they found uh, found obstruction somewhere in there as well. Yeah. Uh, which they always tend to do. Um, so it could have gone either way. Now, 
just finally, is it just me or does Cam Smith look look like he doesn't want to be out there anymore? Yeah, he's... He wanders around, he follows the play. He, doesn't, he looks like he's lost his passion. That's the way I see when he, you know, he's, he's, he doesn't blow up at the ref as much these days. You know, except for Cam Smith, that's a big thing. He was always at them, but he just looks like he doesn't want to be there. Whenever I see him, he's just, you know, going through the motions. I think that's sort of been him his whole career. He's never really one to make line breaks or he just does his job and just does it so well. He controls the game, he, he gets out, he does two-step, he just engages the marker and, yeah. you know, it's, it's just what Cameron Smith does and he's, he's just so good at it. He seems like he's lost the power, like, you know, when, when someone knocks on or whatever, now he's like, oh, well. Whereas before he'd be like, he'd be pretty angry, but now he's just... Very yeah, passive. Maybe he's just worried about getting hit in the cods again. So. <laughs> well, we've got a two uh, two champions there in that game, in Cam Smith and Jonathan Thurston. And as you said, Cam, the last time we'll potentially see them on the field together. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a shame for all rugby league fans. Um, you know, mm. the, obviously Cowboys aren't going to make the finals now, and I think they've played us. 96 games together oh, and they've been on the same field together with Origins and yeah. in test matches and just playing against each other so 96 times to be on the field with someone you know it's, it's a lot of times and they've both won everything and, and done everything in the game and you know yeah. done it with respect and class too they're, they're some great players and uh, well we shall miss them well, maybe not New South Wales. No. Not come origin <laughs> no, time. origin but time we won't. Look, they've done a lot for the game and uh, they deserve to be celebrated. And yesterday, kicking the day off, the Roosters took their home game up the freeway to Gosford, which hasn't been a happy hunting ground for the Tricolours, but they came away with the win yesterday, 34 against the Titans, 14 I thought the Titans were were pretty good. They were right on top, but the sin binning of Ash Taylor at 14 all really changed the momentum of the game, and the Roosters prevailed. Definitely, it was a big turning point. Um, I think it was very contentious as well. Mm. To me, it looked like Ash Taylor was just trying to affect the tackle, and unfortunately, the, his, his hands sort of just slipped over the top of the ball, and just because because they'd given away a few penalties in in, in quick succession. Quick succession. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, Ash got sent to the sim bin and, you know, looking at it, it's probably a 50-50 call to whether yeah. it being a loose carry or... Yeah, a, like, yeah like, a, like an 85-kilo bloke is going to strip the ball from a 110-kilo bloke all the time, yeah? <laughs> like, fair dickin. I, I don't know, like, was the stripping rule in when you were playing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not that long ago, I haven't heard that. How <laughs> old do you think I am, Stu? Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it just blows me away. I was a tiny little four-stone seven-half-back playing under 15s or something. Yeah. Back in and, 18, and, and they 71. And they couldn't get the ball off me. You, know, you, you hang on to the ball. You hang on to it. They're yeah. just holding it in a hand, and you bump it, and it comes out, oh, sir, he took it off me. Yeah. Mm. I did think the mo- the Titans didn't really get the rub of the green with some of the decisions. Oh, if you look at that obstruction try that they got turned oh. down as well, there was like <laughs> no one I'm, impeded. Who who was obstructed? Oh, I, I thought someone had to be instructed. The viewer to, to in um, row thirty two couldn't oh. quite. Like, when they started looking at it, I'm yeah. like, what the hell are they looking at? And they kept pausing it, and I'm like, play on, yeah. keep going, like, press play. Yeah, he, you know? he caught it. Not on the outside, but there was nobody within 10 metres of him. And he he ran through, and the the defensive player was not impeded uh, one little bit. Not at all. Yeah, that was a huge turning point. Although they they did score shortly after, which was 
the Titans, which and they the, deserve. But the other my one God. that went against them, they had a they had a quick break, and um, the Roosters got back, started to defend, and then obviously were offside. And so instead of playing on where the the Roosters would have been absolutely cooked because they were short on the on the defensive line, they blew a, blew a penalty. Obviously the Roosters come back, and so it just completely robbed the Titans of the momentum. Yeah, sure. that, like yes, they're offside, but don't you play an advantage? Yeah, well that, that's the thing. These blokes here, they just got a, a black and white rule, as they're saying. Hmm. He's offside, blow a penalty. And I remember you know, when we started first started refereeing as a young teenager. A bloke called Richie Humphreys, who was a first grade referee at the time, he said, he said, look, I can give my 10-year-old daughter a whistle and tell her that anybody gets in front of me to blow the whistle. He said, but you've got to use your common sense and look to see where the play is going and be able to read the play and think and understand that you can play on. The and they can't do that. Yeah. They just can't do it. They have got no, no idea what's happening out there. It is it's becoming very contentious, the obstruction rule in particular. Um, I guess they've got to draw a line in the sand somewhere, but it was it was a t- it was a rough call against the Titans. But the Titans are improving bit by bit, week by week, aren't they? I I think they're going okay. I thought Taylor had a really good game. He, uh, he unfortunately when he did go off, their defence uh, their attack just fell apart. When yeah. he came back on, it picked up again. Um, he's a good footballer. Uh, wouldn't be surprised. To, he's a Queenslander, I'm assuming. Yep. <laughs> of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he started out the Broncos and Uncle Wayne didn't want him. Yeah. And now yeah. he now he wants him. <laughs> yeah, <now laughs> he really wants come him. Come back. Please come back. But the Roosters, they weren't so great. Again, they disappoint me because this I expect more from them. I expect better. Their left edge defence was terrible and I'm wondering whether that will go against Latrell Mitchell's origin chances. They just kept attacking that side because it was woeful. Yeah. Well, as I said last week, like, uh, Mitchell and Jimmy the Jet will be great centres. Mm. Uh, they'll create plenty Atta- of tries, but by God, strike me, they're, they're going to le- leak some stuff too, and especially they throw Ferguson outside of them. Mm. He's got some mistakes in him. Yeah. I mean, Latrell, I mean, around half time, Latrell had only touched the ball once yep. in, in attack. You've got to get him a bit more a ball, ball, but yeah. you know, the only thing the he was doing was missing tackles all day. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the Roosters really just do- dominated that second half on the back of just a, a glut of penalties. Yeah. Penalty after penalty after penalty. You've got that much possession, you're going to win. Well, Once again, Teddy was sort of, you know, in and around most good things that they yeah, did. Yeah, well, he had probably his best game of the season. Yeah. He's yeah, scoring a nice runaway try there. Um, yes, so the Roosters, uh, it took them a while to get on top and gain the ascendancy, but they've come away. Winners 34 to the Titans 14. The Warriors taking on the Rabbits. Third versus fourth is a prelude to the big clash over the Dutch and Warrior land. Still no Johnson, still no win. Yeah, well, they led 6-0 after, uh, after getting 6-0 six, six, six penalty count yeah. to them. Um, but uh, yeah, South forwards and just turned it on. Uh, Tom Burgess, uh, was that George Burgess scored. from uh, All the Burgess. Yeah, all the Burgess scored. Yeah. Tom, Tom gets sin-binned. Then comes back on and has got reported for a trip. Yeah. Could be in a bit of trouble. Yeah, it was a trip. Yeah. You can't, you can't hide that one unless he's suddenly taken up Irish dancing. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was, a good, um, it was a good test for the Warriors, given the way the Rabs have been playing, but they didn't pass muster. No, well, they've had you know, they've had a, a huge loss over there. The Storm beat them <coughs> by a squeeze, didn't they? Mm. Over there, uh, they've gone down again to South. Um, in conditions you think would suit them, it's... Yeah, it's, it's cold, wet. Yeah. They're at their home ground. But I think 
like I said earlier, I think losing Sean Johnson, then also losing Mason Lino, they had um, they had Peter Hickey playing it in the halves. Uh, yeah, he's I think not half. He really struggled defensively yeah. as well. Um, I think a lot of you know, I think John Sutton, he just brushed him off. Yeah. Like he wasn't even there for one of the tries. John Sutton's playing really well. Yeah, isn't he? You what? Know, 33, 30, 33. Yeah, coming age, up yeah. 34, yeah. He's, he's playing really well. You know, Burgess is playing well. Damien Cook. You know, Souths are, Souths are doing some really good yeah, things at the they, moment. They really have to pick Cook in origin. They oh, have to. 100%. Yeah. He's the one player, you you know, the speed off the mark. He's the one player you wouldn't want, you know, against a tiring defence or yeah, any defence, I guess. Yeah, you must be glad Canterbury got rid of him to keep Lucha. <laughs> Uh, so how do we rate the rabbits now are they premiership potentials well they're, they're, they're heading towards that cody walker too he's, he's firing mm. you know he's, he's just got that x factor about him you know he, he might not be there all game but when he is he just turns something on and he, he can fire so you know they got they got uh, all around the park greg inglis is coming into some form again getting over his injuries you know he's big he's strong he's fast he's he's greg inglis yeah. Now, one thing I did want to touch on was the Bunnies picked up back-to-back tries with a player in the bin, mm, yep. which is something we've seen a lot of this season with teams gaining ascendancy despite binned players. Yep. We haven't seen that in the past. What's going on there? Can you explain that? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just this game. It's in almost every time someone gets binned in the past, you'd be like, oh, here we go. We're going to have some tries scored against us. But it's working the other way this year. It's yeah, completely the, bizarre. Maybe the defence relaxes a bit. Mm. Yeah, potentially. Or they throw a bit, bit more wider ball. Anyway, it's uh, an interesting uh, fact that's been coming out of this season. Another surprise. So the Warriors, 10, uh, have been defeated by the Rabbits, 30 over the Dutch. And the final game, it was a top-of-the-table clash everyone was talking about... But once again, the Panthers proved hard to beat at home. The Panthers 28 have defeated the top of the table Dragons 2. Yes, and uh, they've got a, a tiny crowd there again too, just as well. Uh, they should have played it at ANZ Stadium where they would have got 15,000. Um, <laughs> they uh, packed uh, it out. It was a sellout. Sell oh, out, I was yeah. going to say, not, <laughs> not at Penrith Stadium. I was, I was being facetious. Oh, you being facetious. Yeah, uh, uh, the last few games, like St George have packed out Congra. Penrith have no, packed 21 out. 21,500. Yeah, mm. chock-a-block there. Suburban grounds. Yeah. It's the back, way to go. Back to the future. Yeah, it's the yeah. way to go. Uh, they, no one will believe us. Yeah, they still want to keep playing at uh, Allianz. They still want to keep playing at ANZ. ANZ. Yeah. Mm. Soulless, horrible. Like a drop in Such the a better spectacle out of those suburban grounds as well. Yeah, yeah massively. The feel. Yeah, that's right. You get the atmosphere, and yep. it's just a throwback to the good old days of football. But I'm yet to see this game. I had to go out last night. Boys, where was it won and lost? Well, Ben Hunt sort of went off early um, for the for the Dragons. Not saying that that's why they lost, but uh, yeah, he struggled, um, and then. Also, Jack DeBellin came off with an injury as well, late towards the end of the game. The game was well and truly over by then, but yeah, the Warriors were, uh, the Warriors, the, the Panthers were just supreme. Uh. Yeah, their, their line speed was just unbelievable. St George just couldn't get over the advantage line. Mm. Uh, they got had no go forward whatsoever. There's nothing that the halves work off, and the St George forwards in the past have just mm. been tearing up the middle, getting quick play the balls. Uh, if swear blind that Penrith were standing three metres back. Penrith do push that. 
Penrith are very quick off the line, sometimes too quick, and they tend to be the team that gets away with it. I do watch the Panthers each week. Yeah. They're very quick, sometimes too quick. Yeah, well, yeah, like you said, Stu, the, the Dragons forward pack, who's been talked up so much this year, they sort of uh, went a bit missing, and that's a bit scary considering Origin selections around the corner. And you know, maybe I'm hoping none of them get picked. Three, three, <laughs> three or four of the Dragons are up for a New South Wales spot. So. Well, I did want to ask that question. We are one sleep away from the Origin team being announced. Cam, you'd have been around players at this time of year that are mm. potentially in line for an Origin jersey. Is that a distraction for some players? Like, do they pay a little bit more attention to what's being said in the media? Do they let their mind yeah. wander a bit? You... Yeah, I'd say so. Um, you know, guys that have, have been there and done it all before, they're probably not as much. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, you, you're seen as a lock. Uh, they're they're mm. probably not as much. But guys who are, you know, going to make their debut, like maybe Paul Vaughan and Jack DeBellin, people like that, they, that probably would uh, affect them a little bit. And, yeah. You know, well, Damien Cook, you know, he's another one, but he, he, he did went the other way. And his mind on the job. Yeah, yeah, he went the other way. So I guess it's, you know, a big, big role of the coaches and, and, and the, you know, supporting staff to, to make sure the players are, are not focused on that and worried about their own game. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Cleary and Maloney have just put their hand up on this game and well, said, we, fr- we are it. Yeah. Freddie was out there, so yeah. he hopefully yeah. he saw they, that they, and they, he agrees. They were, they were great that uh, Isaiah Yo. Had a blinder, I thought, and that Zatini Zalizniak. Wow, what a game he had. Yeah. Every time he touched the ball, you go, oh, no. He was just carving St. Yeah, George up, bringing the ball back. Yeah, he ran for well over 200 metres, yeah. I think. So. Some incredible stats coming out of yeah. that game. St. George, St. George didn't even have a best player. I'm worried about St. George. So I'm, they came up against the Rabbits, who, you know, we've just labelled them potentials for the Premiership. They've come up against the Panthers... Very much so, potential um, premiership favourites here, and they f- they failed to stand up each time. You yeah. know, I think think we got carried away by the fact that they beat the Brisbane and Melbourne. Yeah, who aren't all that aren't going all that well. Oh, look, I'm not going to knock their season so far. Clearly, they've they've only lost two two games, three three games. Um, but it is a worry when they're coming up against the the cream. Mm. They're they're struggling. Well, you've got the May Premier's targets. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Mm. Uh, the Panthers, 28, defeated the Dragons, 2. We've got two mm. games to go today to wrap us up. Uh, very quick tip from you guys. The Knights taking on the Sharks. Who's going to win? Well, for feeders, a, a big out for the Sharks. Um, I had Sharks all week, but I don't know, with uh, Fafita being out. Mm, that is a huge loss. Got Luke Lewis and uh, Graham coming back from injury. Uh, they've been selected so I'll stay with the Sharks yeah. and uh, I unfortunately I don't see much for the Bulldogs I see a, a Tigers win as West well. West Tigers taking on the Bulldogs I um, with you Cam I've tipped the Sharks and the West Tigers yeah, the Tigers are sort of on a bit of a downward trend at the moment but the, so are the dogs uh, I'll tip dogs it. can't score yeah, I'll tip a nil all draw <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll take that <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was the start of 
the easier run. The Swans, who started their season playing six of the top eight teams in the competition, are now receiving a little bit of a respite, taking on the teams in the second half of the ladder over the coming weeks, hopefully. I say that hopefully because it was a bit of a tricky situation for the Swans. Not a great start to the week with Swans defender and former rising star Callum Mills tripping on the way back from lunch at training and fracturing his foot, which now needs surgery and he is out for the season. After losing key defender Dane Rampey in similar circumstances at the start of the last season, I cannot imagine Moore Park Precinct is John Longmire's favourite place after losing two key defenders to the precinct. Going on my way to touch football one day, running across there and tripped in a hole and uh, sprained my ankle. It's a dangerous place. It's a dangerous place. Dane Rampey trips on a chain, breaks his arm, out for the first six weeks of the competition. And now Callum Mills trips over, playing gridiron. He might admit he was throwing a football with some mates on the way back from lunch. How do you explain that to the coach? Can you imagine? Um, So, yeah, I need to tell you something. But nevertheless, we'll, um, we'll move on to the game. The Swans came away victors with a three-goal win in a low-scoring affair. Some really tough conditions at the Gabba, um, with the Gabba copping a ton of rain before the game and well into the first half. Um, but the Swans didn't have it all their way despite the win. The Lions hanging in there for most of the game. Um, but for a really solid final quarter from the Swans' defence, I think, is what... Um, Tipped them over the line. Another debutant, another goal on debut, this time to Riley Stoddart. So well done to the young fella. And Stu, your little mate, Ronky, picked up a couple of goals, as did Will Haywood and Isaac Heaney, keeping his spot in the team. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, pretty hard to drop him at this stage of the game, isn't it? <laughs> well, you can't kick seven goals and then be dropped, can you? Um, but pleasing signs for the Swans was also that Captain Josh Kennedy, who's, who's been a little below his normal par in recent weeks. Um, he came away with 34 disposals. So the Swans keep their away record intact um, this year, 5 from 5, as they head back home next week against Carlton. So hopefully we'll, um, we'll get a home win there. Yes, I'll be out there this week. I will too. Going to my first Swans game of the season. Your first one for the season? Yeah, I, just, well, I was over in South Africa for the first bit and I've been busy for the last few. But um, yes, I uh, always take my friend Heather and her husband out yep. every Carlton game. Look, Heather sits there with two beers at a time, gets absolutely <laughs> drunk. T- double parks herself. Yeah. She doesn't have that much faith in her team, does no, she? No, she doesn't. She calls, <laughs> them, calls them the spuds. Right. Well, the Swans are now sitting third on the ladder. Obviously, there's a few games to go today that might sort that out a little bit. The Swans might drop to fourth or fifth. But um, good signs for the boys as they head back home to take on Carlton next week, as we said. And then the following week, they're away against St Kilda and then back at home against West Coast. Oh, it's a pity we can't, uh, can't take Trevor out for the St Kilda game. No, we have to fly to Melbourne if you want to do that. Yeah, nah. It's a good weekend. Um, Eddie Had's a really nice stadium and a great stadium to watch football. You feel like you're right on top yeah, of them. I don't like Melbourne. Oh, here we go. I'm not a Melbourne person, mm. I'm afraid. Doesn't Any. like referees, doesn't like Melbourne. What do you like, Stu? Not much. Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> the glass is always half empty with Stu. <laughs> and he likes it that way. So there you go, there's yeah. something he likes. For the past two weeks, the Sunday Sports Wrap team have given you their New South Wales origin teams 
who'd they pick if they were Freddy and where? Now, uh, we're mere hacks, let's admit that. We pretend we know what we're talking about most weeks, but now we actually have someone who does know what he's talking about. Get him in. Fingers on the pulse. <laughs> Cam Phelps, give us your New South Wales origin team. All right. Yeah, when you asked me to do this, I thought it'd be pretty easy, but sitting down doing it, it's, it's a lot tougher than. Well, than, yeah, we than found we found doing the Fords easy, uh-huh. and then we found doing our back line yeah. a bit more tricky. Who have you got in number one? Um, Teddy, the incumbent. Um, he, I don't think he's done anything wrong to, you know, to lose the spot. I know there's been massive pressure from Tommy Turbo but um, you know Teddy's running game's phenomenal um, he probably doesn't have the passing threat that, that Tommy Turbo does but um, mm. I think with my halves that I picked I think uh, that sort of you know that you not don't required. need to, yeah not required for yeah. Teddy to have that sort of passing game um, then I've gone with uh, probably a bit contentious Blake Ferguson on one wing Ooh. yeah I think you think you he's know, done enough oh he's go for it every week he's sort of around the 200 metre mark I mean you could have Nick Kotrick in but you know he's he'll be there eventually yeah. but maybe one series too early for, for Nick Kotrick or you could play probably Tommy on the wing but would you play I don't know who your other winger is but would you play um, out of position players yeah when no, you've got I, informed I, players I haven't in... got anyone out of position okay. um, that's why I don't have Tommy Turbo in, in right who's your other winger uh, the Fox Okay, I think yeah. the, the try he scored a couple of weeks ago when he just picked it up from dummy half and he just blitzed them through the, the centre of the field. Um, yeah, I think, you know, he's try scoring alone. The, the speed will it'll worry uh, worry the, the Queenslanders, hopefully. He's got to be in there. John yeah. Shadow Carr has got to be in the New South Wales. Got to be one of the first ones picked. Yeah, I think so. Um, then I've got St George, Ewan Aitken. Um, okay. You know, his defence, he showed a few weeks back on Greg Inglis. And then, you know, just, just some of the other stuff he's done with the ball. He's, he's strong. He's, you know, he's fast enough. He, he's a good defender. So you need I've got, that out there. Yeah, I've got Ewan Aitken. Um, and then I've got Latrell Mitchell just for what he can do with the, with the ball in hand. Um, obviously, defensively, he's a bit hit and miss. But, you know, if, if hopefully we can get him some early ball and he, he can worry the Queenslanders and we can score enough points. And, well, that's the thing. I've got to get him some ball. Yeah. He's, he's no good without the ball in hand. He's very dangerous with it. So you, Jimmy the Jets missed out your team? Yeah, no, no, James Roberts. I think, you know, he, he's a good player, but I think I'd rather go with Aitken for, for the defensive style. You've got, you got plenty of speed with the Fox and, you know, Mitch, Mitchell and Aitken aren't slow either. So, yeah. you know, Blake Ferguson's not slow either. Uh, and then i got, you know, the Penrith half pairing in Maloney and Keery. Uh, Cleary, sorry, not Cleary. <laughs> Maloney and Cleary, uh, you know, Cleary's only two games back from injury, but, you know, he showed with that try he scored last night where he just sort of blitzed through the middle that he, his knee's doing okay, so... Uh, so he's done enough? He's done enough for me. So two games is, is enough, and, well, they've got an origin camp next well, week. Nathan obviously. Cleary's going to be a 10-year origin player. Uh, you, you just sit, sit him oh, and yeah. forget him. He'll, he'll be there for... What, a, what about the noise that uh, Freddie's made? A little bit of noise about Maloney Mitchell. not being... Well, he's talked about Mitchell Moses. I, yeah. I don't know where that... Where's that I know come he had from? him with Lebanon, um, Lebanon at the end of the year for the World Cup, but, yeah, I just... He can't even lead Parramatta to victory, so... <laughs> you know, he's a good player in his, in his own right, he but... He couldn't lead a dog to water. No, he hasn't been creating for Parramatta, so... Yeah, New South Wales needs some points. I think uh, Cleary and Maloney are the, the men to do it. 
Um, a bit contentious, but if if he says he wants to play, I'd, I'd have Fafita as, as my starting prop. Would you? I would, 100%. He's damaging. He's, you know, I know he's come out and pledged his allegiance to Tonga, but I think he's there's another story saying that he was going to backflip and he'd play for New South Wales for free. So I don't know where his head's at, but he's probably not going to get picked. So that's why, mm. you know. I think I've, that's an interesting story there, that whole. Yeah. Everyone's kind of left it alone, but I think. It would be interesting to see yeah, what would happen. I, I would have picked him, but Freddie makes it. Do you think Freddie would make a phone call? Uh, I'm sure he's got someone's talking to him, either yeah. Freddie or Danny Badiris or Brandy Alexander, whoever. You know, they, they're all probably yeah. all had a chat, but I don't think he'll play. But uh, Clemmer, Clemmer, then Clemmer, he's been great for the Dogs in you know a very disappointing yep. team. I watched. I went out to the Sharks game on the weekend and. Clemmer was outstanding. He was the best player on the pitch by far. He, he doesn't give up, does he? Oh, the post-contact metres once he once he gets tackled and he just keeps moving. So He's an angry bugger too. Oh, he's a big unit. And like guys <laughs> were trying to whack him and he just bouncing him off him. So uh, Clemmer's and Campbell Gillard would be my starting oh, front yeah. rowers. Yeah, for sure. He was great again last night, Campbell Gillard, against the, the so-called uh, best pack in the league. So. <laughs> Well, he scored a meat pie. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I would have him in my team yep. straight up. Despite uh, the dirty porn mo he's got happening. Yeah, well, here's another bit of facial hair. Uh, Damien Cook. He's uh, he's my hooker for sure. He's you know he's the one player you wouldn't want if you're you know defending against him for Queensland. Yeah. The, the, the speed he has, it's yeah. just phenomenal. Yeah, if you get a quick play of the ball, he's just oh. up and gone. I mean, you got him, and if you, you get Addo Carr coming oh, as well. He, yeah, Cook for me. Forget about whoever else they're yeah. talking um, about. McInnes. Forget about it. He, yeah. he just his ability to sniff out space in the line and and come in at the W half. He just tends. He picks the right time to attack it. Yeah. Picks the right time to leave alone. I just think he's played phenomenally well this season, and he deserves a spot. Yep, definitely. Uh, I think the back row pretty much picks itself. Freddie's come out and said Boyd Cordner's going to be in the team, so yeah, he's, he's one spot. And then you got Frizzell and Jake Turbo. I mean, those two have been outstanding for their teams, respectively. And they've been year. in, they've got experience. Exactly, they've yeah. been there, done that. So the back row's experienced. Yeah, Frizzell was probably the best of St George last night, I thought. Well, yeah. I think he's been the best for the last three weeks, oh, Tyson. He doesn't, yeah, he gives 110% every week. And, you know, he's strong, he's fast, he's skillful, and he doesn't stop, you know, he doesn't give up. So that's what you want from your Origin players. Uh, the utility's peachy. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go for two hookers. I'd, you know, have that utility. Peachy can play hooker at a pinch. Um, and then, yeah. you know, he covers anywhere from back row to, you know, centres. He can play in the halves. He can yeah, play, play hooker. Fullback, you can play anywhere. Yeah. He'll play anywhere for you. He'll cover you one to thirteen for you. Um, then I got a bit of a St George, uh, DeBellin and Vaughan on my bench, and. Angus Crichton would be yeah. my other player. I think yeah, they've been talking about him much, but he's no, he was good again for, yeah. for the Souths yesterday. Um, he's been very consistent, quite he's mobile. The the bench, um, besides Vaughan, I guess you know, Debellin can play back row and and lock and and in the front row. So you know, Crichton's a back rower, but I couldn't really think of another front row unless Fafita sort of came back. Um, yeah, so it's a pretty mobile sort of hmm. team to hopefully worry the Queenslanders and get us 3-0 up. So what are you predicting? So game one is down in um, at Melbourne. the MCG in Melbourne. Game yep. two, Sydney. Game three in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. What's your prediction? Well, last year I came on and predicted a few times and I got every <laughs> single one wrong. So I don't think you want to listen to my predictions. Um, 
Yeah, as I think it's imperative that they win that first game in Melbourne. Yeah, definitely. Because they're not going to win in Queensland. Well, you'd hope you'd hope we do. But they have a better record at home. Look, going, going I'm confident yeah. going in. If you look at if you look at those players that you, you know, potentially are going to be picked for New South Wales and for Queensland, the more uh, New South Wales has the more form players from the NRL. Mm. Uh, it's you know a big loss for Queensland. They've lost um, Cam. Smith, he saw the writing on the wall, I think. Um, Thurston. They Cronk. don't have Thurston. Cronk. They don't have Cronk. Morgan's horribly out of form. Matt Scott's struggling. He's, there's a lot of players that normally wear that maroon mm. that are struggling compared to the, the New South Wales boys who seem to be in good form. Yeah, but then again, we go back to the, uh, the Super League war where Fatty Vorton yeah. took, a, took a bunch of nobodies to so, beat us 3-0. Yeah. Yeah, 17-year-old Ben Eichen came on the scene then, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah Ben Hunt's struggling with injury now too, hopefully. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Only for a few weeks, let's hope. Yeah, well, hopefully just for the while well, he's wearing the maroon. That's anyway. right. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Caelan Ponga doesn't get picked. <laughs> but, It'd be silly not to pick him. Oh, yeah, surely. Surely you put him on the bench. He's a scary proposition. At least just have him around your team. Yeah, he'll he'll be experience. in the squad. He'll be in the squad whether he gets a, gets a nod on the bench or not. It's probably... No, if you're New South Wales man, if you're New South Welshman, you'd say uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yeah, he's been playing some terrific football of late. Well, time will tell. The um, New South Wales team is announced tomorrow. Queensland usually hold back and announce it the day later. I, don't I thought they were going to do it. Announce it tonight, actually. Oh, well, there you go. I, th- I thought. Well, look. Again, either way, what, what would I know? Either way, we don't have to wait too long. Um, to find out who'll be wearing the maroon and sky blue for one of <laughs> the rugby league supporters' favourite uh, events on the calendar. Newtown is coming, hear the boombags humming. Mighty Jets were away yesterday up against the Magpies and have prevailed by one point in a very tight tussle. The Newtown Jets defeating the Magpies 23-22 and joining us on the line from the Newtown Jets is, of course, our mate Stu McCarthy. Good morning, Stu. Hello, everyone. How are we going? Great. How are you? Yeah, just as great. (laughs) Amazing win yesterday. I thought you might be good. Yeah, just got out of jail, uh, it's fair to say. Um, but um, first and foremost, congratulations to the West Magpies. They put on a fantastic promotion um, yesterday for the return to Lincoln's game. Um, got a lot of former players there, a lot of supporters. It's the biggest crowd I've seen at a standalone um, ISP ground uh, outside of Henson Park. So um, <laughs> first and foremost, well done, West. So more than um, 8,972? Oh, no, they reckon it was about 4,000, but you're like a terrific turnout yeah. again for 1 o'clock on a Saturday. Um, so the atmosphere was great. Uh, very intimidating crowd, I've got to say. I, I couldn't imagine what it was like back in the day with you know 20,000 lunatic West supporters there <laughs> um, berating uh, everything that you did. But uh, they were very vocal in their support of their team, which was great. But um, somehow we got away with the cash because... Um, at first half, we only had 38% of the ball, and you know our completions were down around about 64%. Um, and you just don't 
get yourself into football games and hence the score was, you know, at one point in time, 22 to 4. And then miraculously, Charlton Schaffelsen, who um, came into the team very late in the day, managed to hold up one of the players, their players over the line, which that would have been, you know, 26 to 4. And I don't think there was much coming from there, but we managed to score a try right on half time, which um, usually happens in reverse. Um, and that kind of, and Kyle Flanagan converted from out wide. So we were kind of within two tries of. Of the Magpies, you know, going into half time in, in a, a half of football where we were completely outplayed, um, and sure enough, you know, momentum kind of turned towards the back end of the, the game, and you know, it, we, we scored with 17 minutes to go, and you know, then had all the running um, late in the game, like the Magpies had, you know, for for the back end of the first half, and um, you know, managed to get across the line again, and. For the first time since 2014, um, Cole and iced the game with a field goal with you know a couple of minutes to go, and whilst the Magpies had a, a couple of options to you know w- with the ball, we were able to shut them down and and steal the victory 23 to 22. So it was a very happy dressing room after the game because after the disappointment of last week where we kind mm-hmm. of butchered that particular performance, um, you know we, we, we've come away trumps. But again, we've talked about it all year. It's just. As you said, Luke, we're consistently inconsistent, and until that changes, we're just going to be a very frustrating team mm. to, to watch. Because you know, when when they're good, they're very, very good. Jack Williams was outstanding yesterday. He's best going at five eight. Again, I mentioned Charlton. They came into the side late in the game. He, he was blockbusting in his runs. You know, coming off our line. Yeah, we found a real winner in Addison Demetrio, impact player off the bench. He just terrorises teams every time he, he comes on with both, you know, the ball in hand and in defence. Um, but we've got to just, you know, we've got to put two on the trot and three on the trot because, you know, there's no doubt in this team has potential, but they've just got to play to it every week. So you kept the Magpies scoreless in the second half? Yes. That's yeah, pretty no, good. Indeed. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, it was a very pleasing effort. Um, you know, they're, they're a good side. They're coming second. They had a lot of NRL experience in their team um, compared to us. But um, you, you can never fault that guy's effort in defence. Um, you know, even in the first half when they scored a lot of tries, they probably were entitled to score a few more. But, you know, we just put ourselves in a position where we have to defend really well. Um, and, and that's very frustrating for the coach. Yeah, so what's those dressing rooms like at Lidcombe these days? Still, um, still the same? Bad, to, no, to be honest, we were out uh, up in the youth centre um, adjacent to the ground. Which oh, is, near you know, Nipples, uh, a couple of hundred. So it was a really good setup. Um, so we had the whole space to ourselves um, and you know, the Cronulla 20s, and, you know, but it's, it's a big room with lots of facilities. So, um, But that said, you know, we were in the sheds at half time and they were okay. They'd struggle to you know, have multiple you know, games ha- happening. Um, but you know, hence the Magpies kind of had a. You know, a separate arrangement for the away team. So, it, it, you know, on that level, the day worked really, really well. Yeah, I remember the last time I was there, Balmain and West President's Cup or something like that, and I standing in the shower, shin deep in mud. Yeah. Was, it, was there any oh, hot water okay. left? That's the, that's the question. Um, uh, well, there was hot water in where we were. So that was <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, star-studded Tigers lineup. Just looking through the list here. Lewatini, Zelezniak, Nkwama, Peter Goodene, McQuillwick, Suase Sue, and Chris McQueen. That's a former Oregon player. I was going to say, yeah. is that, it says yeah. on the list Christopher McQueen. Yeah, I was like, is that Chris, Chris McQueen? McQueen? So yeah, it's a very he's impressive win. No, I mean yeah, they yeah, and they all they all put in. You know, Naguama was a, a real handful. Um, not disappointed that he's off to St Helens because we don't really want to be playing against him anymore. <laughs> yep. um, and again, yeah, again, that was the class in their side in that first half. They just rolled over the ad line and and you know could you know, had some polish on the back end of their sets that we just couldn't contain. 
Um, so it was looking like the cricket score at one point in time, but um, then when we got enough of the ball, you know, the, the, the wheel turned, so we hung in there, and it was a really determined effort. Um, you can't give us 100% for execution, but for effort, um, there was no doubting the boys and boy, which was great, and our, our supporters were ecstatic after the game. Great. And how far is um, Scotty Sorensen back from returning? Oh, look, I still think it's a couple of weeks. I'm not a thousand percent sure, but the sooner the better. Um, again, he's, you know, the injuries haven't been too kind up uh, up at the Sharks NRL, and that kind of you know affects us yeah. down the line. But um, he's not too far away. Again, he, he prepares himself extremely well, and um, he'll be great to have back in the system. You know, I don't think he'd be far from a return. You know, to their first grade side, to be honest. Yeah, so it's how, good. how much we see of him in in Newtown Colours. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, you know, the sooner the better. Yeah, it was great for the Sharks in the few NRL games he played, but I think the return of guys like Luke Lewis and that sort of way Graham's starting to filter back in, he might uh, be unlucky and have to return through... Yeah, I mean, again, it depends what they're looking for off the bench. They, they tend to not play, you know, too many edge players, you know, because those guys, as you mentioned, play 80 minutes. But, um, yeah, he, he's a great footballer and he's a great club man. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to his return for sure in whatever capacity that ends up being. Definitely. And another big clash next week with the third-place Bulldogs. Yeah, they um, somehow managed to lose to Wyong as well yesterday, so that's two wins on the trot for the roof, so good on them. Um, so they're going to be very um, pumped up, um, and you know, we jagged a win against them late in the game at Belmore, so it's a real test for us there. You know, they're, they're coming through for a reason. Um, a lot of NRL experience in that side at the moment as well, um, and we've got our big hipsters day next um Saturday at Henson, um, so hopefully the weather prevails, and uh, it's going to be a, a a very tough game of football. Yeah, this comp's so evenly matched on any day. You know, any team can get up. So we need to, you know, you know, bring our A game and and rip in next week if we're going to have any luck against the Bulldogs. Mm, so it's Saturday at the Hipsters Day at uh, Henson Park. Yes, free entry with a beard, free entry with a stick on. But uh, we're not. Um, the ladies' day is coming up after that, and it's free entry for the girls on the, the 16th of June. So, you know, doing our best to kind of add some fun to the the occasion at, at Henson Park. Um, and yeah, the, the Bulldogs as well. So it's another terrific game of football. And back at three o'clock, the normal time, time slot for okay. games at Henson. Well, if it's a nice sunny day, Stu, I'm going to try and get down there next week. Fantastic, Lois. Well, let me know, and we'll make sure we look after you. No worries. I've got my hat already, so I'm ready to sit on that hill in the sun, watching good old football. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, no, it was the atmosphere yesterday with the, to the two foundation clubs that are, you know, at a traditional ground like Lickham. I, you know, I, I certainly hope the Magpies get some more games there because was, um, their turnout of fans was, was amazing. Um, so, you know, there's something for the old suburban ground, that's Absolutely, sure. yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, Stu, I might see you next week, but otherwise we'll chat next Sunday. Fantastic, guys. Thanks as always for the support. Have a great Sunday. Pleasure. Cheers, Stu. Cheers, Stu. It's time for special news. Well, you know when you're a kid and you went to school and you'd be really excited because you had some news to share and you had to wait till your allotted time? Well, it's the same here. We've waited. I love this segment. And we're all going to share a piece of sporting news. It's a nice piece of news. News is full of so much sadness and rubbish these days. So we've got something special, a little bit away from the humdrum of, of results and ref bashing. Um, it's time for the Sunday Sports Wrap special news. I'm going to kick us off um, with a very exciting piece of news from this week past. It may not surprise you that it's from the world of cricket. 
and it may surprise you even less that it's from the world of women's cricket. The first ever women's IPL game took place in Mumbai this week with the Supernovas trumping the Trailblazers by one run off the last ball. Both teams consisted of some of the best players in the world with the likes of Meg Lanning, Elise Perry, Megan Schutt, Susie Bates, Matali Raj, Harman Preetkor, Danny White and Sophie Devine. Spread out. Yeah, she was there. <laughs> spread out among the teams. The Trailblazers, 6 for 129, Susie Bates 32, Megan Schutt for 2 for 18, were defeated by the Supernova, 7 for 130, Danny White 24, Matali Raj 22, Susie Bates 2 for 16. Um, the game was a one-off exhibition game, um, but it's hopeful to be the first step towards the introduction of a women's IPL in coming years. It's very exciting. Yeah, well, it's uh, be a good money spinner for the girls. Mm. Well, yeah, that too. If they got the money that the men have got. Oh, yeah. the amount of money they throw at that men's oh. IPL is ridiculous. Yeah. That's, that's, I do have an issue with it, but I'm just excited. I'm not even watching it. No, I'm not jealous. jealous. <laughs> no. I'm jealous. They've got, they've got more, they earn more in six weeks than I've got it, than I earned in super in 42 years of work. <laughs> It's a lot of money. It's ridiculous. India just worship a game of cricket and their players, and obviously they love 2020 format. Yeah. Uh, it's a massive money spinner, and you, you can't blame too many players these days who retire and just do the, Take that to the, the 2020 yeah. world. I think AB's going to make hay while the sun shines. Mm, he might, yeah. Right, that's my special news. Talking of AB, that was the one that took the... the Sporting world by storm was uh, the re- retirement yeah. of AB out of sort of out of the blue from uh, playing international cricket. It um, was a bit of a shock. Yeah, yeah like his, his record alone, st- uh, record speaks for itself. Um, just looking here, and he's had uh, 114 Test matches for over 8,700 runs, and with an average of 50, that's in Tests alone. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> one day is it's even better. It's, uh, <laughs> he's got an average in, in his one day career of over 54. So. 53.5 sorry so yeah. and then his t20s just as good so you know um, a great player great ambassador and you know it'd be fantastic to see him over here at playing in the in the big bash all-round nice guy well yeah. look there's talk yeah, the thunder the sixes the thunder yeah. or melbourne stars oh well the the melbourne stars because they haven't got their salary cap either surely the link to jacques callus is going to be good for the thunder well yeah, yeah. that is exciting that but they're saying that the sixes might have the edge because they live near the beach i'm like come on mate he can just travel <laughs> but hopefully we'll see him out here yeah, that he, plenty, plenty of beaches out western sydney he will <laughs> <laughs> he'll no doubt do the rounds of the t20s around the world as he's pulled up stumps from his international career. It was a bit of a shock, yeah. I mean, he struggled with injury for a little bit, um, but he's still playing some great cricket for South Africa. I was in South Africa, and I just didn't think we'd be able to get him out at any stage. Mm. Oh. A.B. De Villiers, is, he's, he's potentially one of my most favourite players, despite the fact he's not even Australian. Mm. I just love the way he's gone about his game. He's a good guy. Yeah, you can't hate him, can you? You know, people go, oh, the nice guy finishes last. Well, no, this guy didn't. He's a fantastic cricketer. Oh, yeah. So it was sad, sad to see him go, but we'll still see him around. He took a fantastic catch in the oh, IPL yes, the other day. Spider-Man. Spider-Man catch. <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, so he's still got the goods. So hopefully we'll continue to see him wielding the willow for a little bit longer. And the IPL finals tonight as well. It is. the Yeah, the final the is Sunrisers tonight. versus the Chennai Super Kings. There you go.
Any Australians in that one? Probably. Shane Watson. Oh, what a Yeah. Stu, okay, your quickly, special yeah, news. It's just on the Super Netball this year. It's, uh, the 2018 season's proving to be a really big year for the sport, and there's a great deal of social media presence too from, from the leading players and ex-players under the old hashtag of Wake Up Netball, <laughs> which is encouraging everybody to tune in and watch the game that they actually play to ensure they don't lose those free-to-air rights. Channel 9, of course, and Netball Australia have come up with a new scoring method, which is awarding the teams four points for a win, a draw of two, and nothing for a loss. But you can still get a bonus point if you win a quarter. And that's sort of allowed uh, the Fever to uh, run out in front at the moment. They've uh, won four of their five games, earning 13 oh. bonus points. Uh, Firebirds are in second place with 23. Vixen's next on 21, and Giants round out the top four with 20. Um, but you know, all the other teams, apart from the Firebirds, have got a game in hand. Um, and the Fever are pretty, looks like they're sitting pretty on the back of Jamaican import uh, Janelle Fowler, who leads the goal stats with 268 goals from 287 <laughs> shots. Romelda Aitken's next from the Firebirds. Go Jamaica. Uh, 201 from 232. Uh, uh, Janelle's been a great acquisition from Jamaica. She played for the New Zealand franchise of Southern Steel before coming to play in the premier competition in the mm. world. Uh, the Australian comps look, it's attracted the cream of the world's netballers uh, and the development they're getting from this has really strengthened teams around the world, which was evidenced in the, oh, look at the, Commonwealth, the games. Commonwealth Games. New Zealand failed to reach the semis. Oh, they uh, made the semis? They, they, oh, that's right, yeah. They, they, they lost to Jamaica yeah. in the bronze medal match. Yeah, so, so uh, they're, they're, they're really struggling at the moment. Look at which teams medalled and which teams play in the super netball yeah. and which team didn't medal. And normally is either taken home the gold or the silver and who's not playing in the super netball. Yeah. doesn't um, take a genius to put yeah. two and two together. Yeah, they really need to let their players play. But, um, yeah, good games today to finish up with Swifts and the Magpies, Lightning and Thunderbirds and Giants taking on the Vixens. Uh, and I said we should have Ian Sargent on here in the next few weeks, hopefully, to yeah. have a bit of a chat about it. Oh, that's it? Yeah. We're almost done. We're Oh, oh wow. Okay. We've got to go. We're out of here. Thanks, Cam, for filling in for Thank us. You. It's been a pleasure. Everyone, enjoy your week. Stay safe. We'll be back next week with more Sunday Sports Wrap. Bye. 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 Bye.